podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast, episode 301, broadcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm Trev Denny and I'm joined by AIP stalwarts, Cam Branch, Carl Kopek, Lisa Marie Hannan and Guy Drinkle is producing in the background. And we have um, a nice mixed bag of a show for you today, um, including all our usual staples. And to that end, let me just get the business of the show going i've decided to go for quotes this week i normally do audio clips or videos but I've, I've got two quotes and it's because the two things have been in my head a lot um primarily because i've got i've gotten a lot of really shit advice i mean wow just some of the most spectacularly bad advice uh ever uh, was given to me in the last couple of weeks from two separate sources this is that obviously made me think of something which I've featured on the show before, and I don't care. It's an absolute staple uh, and definitely needs airing again. That's going to be the first quote. And the second quote is uh, an extract from a uh, song lyric. It's, a, it's, it's part of, a, of, of, of um, the song lyrics of a song called Rocky Took a Lover by an Irish band called Bell X1. Um, I'm fairly sure it's Paul Noonan who wrote these lyrics. Uh, but I'm just going to read that to start with and then go to the longer one. And it goes like this. There's a reason for this as well. Just current mood. He said, the three wise men came a long way following that pinhole in the sky. Yeah, that one right there. And I don't believe in any old Jesus. If there was a God, then why is my arse the perfect height for kicking? Which I thought was quite profound and summed up my mood this week. And... The quote of a longer nature that I'm going to do at the start is from Taxi Driver. Um, it is Wizard again. Hey. He's been on before and he may well feature in the future. I think, I think we've both done him as well. Yeah, yeah we, 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 just lo- we just love a bit of Wizard on here. Uh, and it's back to that advice thing. So it's a conversation between Wizard, uh, an aged and uh you know, experienced cab driver and Travis Bickle, who's sort of starting and making his bones in the business. Wizard, quote, look at it this way. A man takes a job, you know, and that job, I mean, like that, that becomes what he is. You, you know, like you do a thing and that's what you are. Like I've been a cabbie for 13 years, 10 at night. I still don't own my own cab. You know why? Because I don't want to. Well, that must be what I want to be on the night shift driving somebody else's cab. You understand? I mean, you become, you get a job. You become the job. One guy lives in Brooklyn. One guy lives in Sutton Place. You got a lawyer. Another guy's a doctor. Another guy dies. Another guy gets well. People are born, you know. I envy you your youth. Go on, get laid, get drunk, 
do anything. You got no choice anyway. I mean, we're all fucked, more or less. You know? Travis, quote. <laughs> I don't know. That's about the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Wizard, quote. It's not Bertrand Russell, but what do you want? I'm a cabbie. What do I know? I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> and that's that's how I would like to start the show today. I believe you've got a lengthy quote for us as well, man. I have, yeah. It's uh, it's a bit more down key than that, but um, I, I saw this man live last week, so this has been in my head. I'm going to do it slower than he does it, though, so this might take a while, but it's worth it. Like a nightclub in the morning, you're the bitter end. Like a recently disinfected shithouse, you're clean round the bend. You give me the horrors, too bad to be true. All of my tomorrows are lousy because of you. You put the shat in shatter, put the pain in Spain. Your germ just splattered about, your face is just a stain. You're certainly no raver, commonly known as a drag. Do us all a favour, here, wear this polythene bag. You're like a dose of scabies, I've got you under my skin. You're like a fairy tale, grim. People mention murder the moment you arrive. I'd consider killing you if I thought you were alive. You've got this slippery quality. It makes me think of phlegm and a dual personality. I hate both of them. Your bad breath, bad disease, destruction and decay. Please, 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 please take yourself away. Like a death at a birthday party. You ruin all the fun. Like a sucked up, spat out smarty. You're no use to anyone. Like the shadow of the guillotine on a dead consumptive face. Speaking as an outsider, what do you think of the human race? You went to a progressive psychiatrist. He recommended suicide before scratching your bad name off his list and pointing you outside. You hear laughter breaking through. It makes you want to fart. You're heading for a breakdown. Better pull yourself apart. Your dirty name gets passed about when something goes amiss. Your attitudes are platitudes. You just just make me want to piss. What kind of creature bore you? Was it some kind of bat? They can't find a good word for you, but I can. Twat. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I really do there's there's not often i would even as a man who's got literary inclinations be inclined to say yes please do read poetry on anfield index podcast but if it's john cooper clark and you fucking knock yourself out brother uh anytime that is great <laughs> the last thing he did last week he was he was just so funny about the whole thing that obviously the word twat he just spun the microphone around so the whole room could shout it at him <laughs> my favourite thing about the whole gig was obviously because uh, Dr. Clark was getting on a bit now and he he, he says, you know, thanks for having us, good night, see you soon, blah, blah, and he walked off. Obviously no one knew being on call because he hadn't done this and he hadn't done Chicken Town. Yeah. And um, he just got to the back, to, got, got to the side of the stage, had a chat with um, his tour manager, walked on again and said, I were going to milk that, but, you know, stirs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fantastic. Uh, also, gigs, eh? Nice to be back. Oh, I saw the Manics last week as well. Magic. So my, my Logan line was going to be all we want from you are the kicks you've given us, which is about to, a man I think we're about to discuss. Fantastic. Uh, Lisa Marie, what have you got for us to start? Well, first of all, I'm not sure that my mood matches the rest of the uh, rest of you here on the podcast. It is a beautiful <laughs> autumn day here in Middle Tennessee. It is finally feeling like fall. Um, sun's out, not a cloud in the sky. Trees are starting to turn. So I'm I'm in a relatively good mood, but anyway. We are really in a good mood. We we just revel in misery, this Marie. That's the difference. That's the difference. Uh, I'm delighted. This is great. This is this is the kind of upbeat thing we need. So I assume this is all sunshine and puppy dogs that you've got for us. No, 
Kelly, just a couple of short quotes. Um, <laughs> they're, they're, they're not complete sunshine, just, just something maybe in a little more positive uh, light. But anyway, here we go. You need to strive to be better than everyone else. I didn't say you needed to be better than everyone else, but you got to try. That's what character is. It's in the trying. And here's the second one. Every man at some point in his life is going to lose a battle. He's going to fight and he is going to lose. But what makes him a man is that the, in the midst of that battle, he does not lose himself. This game is not over. This battle is not over. And both of those are from the wonderfully wise coach Eric Taylor from Friday Night Lights. I've been watching Midnight yes, Mass and just quality. felt I needed a little Matt Scarrison. So I, I went over and have caught a little bit of Friday Night Lights. So ah, It's such top a good show. show. I love that top, show. Top, top I do. I think there are few there are there are very few people who I just would follow to the gates of hell, but Coach Taylor's one. I have to say, I I, I tremendous tremendous respect for that fictional character. I have to say, uh, that's lovely. I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's nice. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's because this, you know, you got to screw this. Uh, that was Cam Branch, by the way. In case you weren't uh, ready for that, listeners, uh, that little that little, you know, raunchy interjection by um, by our, our resident um, bearded um, Lothario Branch here. Uh, what have you got for us, Cam? Um, me and my middle daughter at the weekend, we were discussing. I keep getting these dreams that I'm floating. Oh yeah, so, uh, and and I I remember you don't tend to remember dreams, do you? But for some reason, I I keep having these dreams. They're recurring, you know. They're they're very very similar. They're always me floating around, and I can just walk like as if I'm walking, but I can walk while I'm floating, so I can just travel, you know, like twenty thirty yards or whatever it is. So um, I just found this quote, and I just thought, yeah, this is good. It's about dreams. So here we go. I have marvellous dreams. I meet Buddha. I meet Jesus. I meet Muhammad. I constantly dream of space, stars and planets. We are the children of stardust. Love it. Who's that? The man himself, Mr. Brian Blessed. Fantastic. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, w- I, w- I wouldn't have pegged that as a Brian Blessed quote. That's, that's really No, neither would I. It's just yeah. right out there. I love it. I love it. And So I'm trying to get this straight. In your dreams, you're kind of levitating, really. Is that what you're doing? You're sort of yeah. levitating. Yeah. yeah, I'm just like five, six feet. Up, well, not even five, six feet. Two, three feet up in the air. Yeah. And, um, and there's people around me, but I'm the only one who can just like, move myself in any direction and it's like as if i'm walking you know using but obviously i'm not walking but it's the motion of walking makes me move it's, it's bizarre and i and I, I i remember having this dream on numerous occasions but in different scenarios and can i ask so, you what, what did your what did your kid make of it what was your kid's interpretation did she go all um carl young on you what, what was her take no she she, she was like um she wasn't really sure and i said look look at it what does it mean and um you know we were on our way to the gym on um when was this saturday so 
me and her started going to the gym. So I said, just Google it, check it, see what it means. I, I keep meaning to check. I'm driving. You can just quickly have a look. So she had a look and it was like, it, it's meant to mean I'm in a happy place, stress-free, no anxiety, blah, 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 all the usual, you know, you know, you're in the perfect place sort of thing. And I'm like, well, that's patently yeah. bollocks, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not patently. Uh, to be honest, um, I'm not going to lie. The last a couple of um, incidents aside, you know, with um, friends um, who are going through a tough time, um, I generally have been in a good place. I've, I've, I've got myself into a place now where I'm um, m- mentally, I think I've probably been as well as I've ever been. I genuinely oh, do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess so. I've got Sorry, levitation dreams are symbols of enlightenment, happiness, and freedom in your waking life. Usually, dreams of levitating are positive signs that are connected to the spiritual side of the dreamer. Just like other dreams, you need to look at the details of your dreams, such as the situation or your feelings and emotions. In other words, are you, are you getting through a lot of cheese late at night? <laughs> 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 I, don't, I don't want to use the words just as likely, but uh... <laughs> maybe not late at night. <laughs> I desperately want to talk to you about um, dreams and cheese and stuff like that. So I'm in that kind of mood. Uh, but we are a football podcast, so should we, we should at least, as usual, pay lip service to that and see where that takes us. And it usually takes us to endless football chat. Sometimes it doesn't. But we do want to talk about a couple of things. So I'm going to think uh, um, that... All of you will have something to say to me about um, recent Liverpool events um, since we last spoke, which I mean takes in, I believe, the City game and um, the game yesterday against Watford um, and just things that have been going on in general. Uh, and I, I'm going to go ahead and assume that your story is a Liverpool story. It, it doesn't necessarily need to be. You can just give me a football story if you want. If you've been staring very hard at Amanda Stabley and wondering what's going on there exactly. Uh, uh, with both her face and Newcastle. If that's what you've been thinking about, that's fine. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm open to all suggestions. That's absolutely grand. I mean, to get the ball rolling on a really small one, uh, you, you can have far more profound and deep observations than this. The thing that made me happiest in the football week, and I think I said it on Raw afterwards, was a, a moment that probably passed an awful lot of people by where... Virgil's barreling towards the touchline with a Watford attacker, um, almost disdainfully outpacing him just to get there slightly before the ball crosses the line so he can head it backwards, spin around, and nonchalantly volley pass it out of the fence to a midfielder. And I was just thinking, that lad is levels above, just levels. And it made me very happy. And it's been making me happy since when I think about it. So that's basically my highlight of the week, Liverpool style. And I understand that includes Mo Salah's goal. But, you know, so uh, let me take it uh, in reverse order. Cam, what football story would you like to focus on for us? Um, I said it after the Man City game. And I'm going to say it again. And, and I know it's the obvious one. Um. I mean, I really wanted to have a go, have a real dig at Watford about how awful they were on on Saturday, and I thought they were a disgrace to the shirt. I just want to put that out, put that out there. I thought, aside from a couple of players, maybe Ben Foster and Sissoko, and then the the kid who came on at half time, right back. Yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 I just the thought, three. Yeah. 
yeah, them three. I think everyone else should hang their heads in shame, the Watford. Um, and they sh- they need a serious kicking. But I'm just going to, like I say, I'm going to go with the obvious. Um, Mohamed Salah is the best football player in the world right now. Um, he's just streets and streets ahead of everyone. I mean, there's an argument for Robert Lewandowski um, to be in the conversation. And I think he will probably win the Ballon d'Or because he should have won it last year. Yeah. But um, the way Salah has started this season, I mean, he he literally carried us um, along with a couple of other players into the Champions League last season. Um I just, I can't believe how privileged we are that, you know, you, you think of some of the greats, you know, the the, the three of us especially, and, and you know, I, I know Lisa's quite a bit younger than us, but, you know, I mean, I, I started watching football at the back end of the, the, um, well, the back end of the beginning of Paisley area. Era, so um, you know, I, I just about remember Emling Hughes. I, I remember Keegan going off, sort of thing, and then Kenny coming in, and you know, Sooners, McDermott, Tommy Smith, um, players like that ilk, Ben Hansen coming in, and then and you're thinking of all the greats we've had through throughout the years, and then this guy comes in, and from day one, from day one, he's been absolutely phenomenal and that's five seasons now five seasons he's, he's, I think he's starting his sixth season or he's starting his fifth season now sorry and he's just I, I can't really think you can't think of when he's had a truly bad game he's yeah he hasn't that, that piece of magic on, on uh, that piece of magic on, on Saturday lunchtime that was his 135th goal madness I mean that is madness that is uh, madness on another level. I mean, he's, he, he's a winger. This is what people forget. If you look at his heat map, it's predominantly on the touchline. And he's scoring goals for fun. He's assisting goals for fun. He's our most creative player. He has been ever since he's been at the club. He's criminally underrated by the rest of the football world. I mean, yes, we're Well, actually, biased, you know what? That, that's... That... Yeah, that's a really interesting one. And if you don't mind, man, I'm going to bring in Lisa Marie on this because you, but, but from what you were saying to us last time, Lisa Marie, you've been supporting for a while, but not going back that far. So I'm thinking, is it just about coinciding with Mo's time or a little bit before it? it? No, it, it's, it, pretty- it, it's about, yeah, it coincides pretty much with Mo joining the team. Um, okay. One other thing so, is I'd like to say he yeah. looks fantastic in a tux. Did you see the pictures of him at that opening last night? <laughs> He's <laughs> a new Bond <laughs> right? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, yeah. Trev. Uh, so, 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 I, I, uh, you hear these debates all the time, and you know, old codgers like myself and Cam and Carl can say, well, you know, Carl's going to say, well, uh, sorry, it, 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 it's it's always going to be Ray Kennedy, and I'm always going to say, sorry, it's always going to be Kenny. Um, other people a little bit younger will say it's Jared. What are you talking about? Um, some other people have different opinions. Some people like John Barnes, um, but there seems to be a bit of a jump then. And this conversation about the best player that people have seen uh, wearing the the red, 
I would have thought, and this is a long way of, of framing it up, I would have thought it's fairly simple kind of conversation for you to have because there hasn't been anyone to touch him in our team, really, um, in terms of productivity uh, and effect since you would have started watching him. Would that be fair to say, or, or is there somebody else who, who, who you, you rate higher? No, no, that, that would absolutely be fair to say. And, and, I think, and I think Cam said this too, the consistency. I mean, has he yeah. ever had anything that resembles a slump in the time yeah. that he's been with the team? It, it's it's just it's phenomenal. Oh, and and what other thing, Cam? Thank you. I'm not really younger than you all in age, but as a Liverpool fan, so <laughs> 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 I think age wise we're all about equivalent. But anyway, um, yeah, more no, well, I mean, well, Trev, Trev, Trev. Yeah, oh, wait, how old are you this week, Trev? Yeah, well, yeah, he knows. She knows. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, listen, I'm the same age I always am. Every uh, since uh, the show started, I've been a, a nice mid thirties uh, kind of number. That's that's where we're. That's where we live. That's where I live. More of a movable feast, isn't it? It is. It is. It is movable feast. I. I, I want. I want to. I want to get some numbers to back up what Lisa Marie just said. Um, and I'm just going to do this like man looks stuff up live on radio. I'm going straight to his to his wiki page and I'm going to look at some numbers for us here. And we'll look at the Liverpool numbers. And so his appearances in 2017-18, uh, 36 in the league, uh, he got 32 goals. 38 in the league, 22 goals. 34 in the league, 2019-20. 19 goals last season 22 goals in 37 uh, seven goals in eight this year his total career goals um for liverpool like we said uh 135 but his total appearances for liverpool have a, have a guess what that is um 135 um total 100 goals. Uh, 182. It's 213. So I'd need to do the sums on that, but that's a ridiculous ratio, clearly. That's uh, more than a goal every two games. But then look, yeah, at, his, so, look at his number of assists, Trev. Yeah, this, what are This is the thing. Yes, this his is the thing. His goal involvement is every 94, 95 minutes, something like that, yeah, which is pretty exactly. much a, a goal a game near enough. So, in other words, the, the 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 point the point you've both made is there has been no slump because even if he has a couple of games where he doesn't score, he puts one on a play. And like Carl, to bring you in on this most solid conversation, have, have you seen in recent years a better pass than the one that put it on a plate for for uh, Sadio's goal? The, the only one I can think of is Gerrard's to Sturridge in 2014 at Fulham. Pull him away, yeah. Oh, yeah. yes, that was. Yeah, yeah. Which was, um, people shouldn't be doing that. <clears> no. It, it, it's, just, it's, not, it's not just that he did it, but to have the goal to think about doing it is just just as criminal, almost. Um, that, that's as close as I've got. I think the best compliment you can give um, Mo at the moment is that um, I like got his 100th Premier League goal on Saturday. No one's mentioned it. Sadio, yeah. Yeah, 100 league goals, 79 for Liverpool. Not one penalty. Yeah. 
not one penalty. In that not one un- penalty, that was, and, and no one's amazing. talking about it. It's weird. Did that's, you all see? The did, most you, salaries. did you all see um, the post-match interview on BT Sport where the BT Sport wonk said, uh, "What? What? 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 Tell that's is that the best goal you've ever scored, Mo?" <laughs> As he said, uh, maybe the one last week. Yeah, fucking hell! Imagine, you know, you know, you're you're in a weird, wonderful life period when you can say that, uh, and then you can point to those, and then you can go and get your tux on, uh, and then you can take your tux off and look better than anyone else in the room. This guy is kind of living the dream at the moment. It's a, it's a wonderful time to be watching him. And I, I think we always talk about on the show uh, on Raw as well, kind of, I've, I've kind of led it a bit because I think it's great. Uh, Mo loves himself. Mo thinks Mo is great. <laughs> and I think that's I think that's part of his success, you know. I think that's he has a very, very high self-regard, but he seems to be also a very affable man with it. And that's I think that's wonderful. It's something I spoke about recently in terms of when foreign players came to England first, you you started to notice this. They would say that they played well. Um and it was um eyebrows were being raised all over the shop at this uh, display of uh, of conceited arrogance. Um but you know, it's just it's an interesting part of his personality. I think it's really important, you know. Um Carl, what was your football focus of the week that you wanted to look at? Um obviously mine was gonna be the obvious one and um uh but I I'm just gonna go on a slightly different tangent if that's okay and say, Can we talk about Danny Rose, please? No, <laughs> it's like the opposite. <laughs> opposite. I mean, let's talk about Danny Rose, and 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 I I want I'm really eager to hear where you go with this. But I was really aware doing the show immediately after that the obvious and easy yeah. thing to do would be to go in two footed on Danny because the poor man was tortured, and he clearly may have had one or two many pies, uh, and it was just too easy. But my favourite Danny Rose moment, and I said it on the show afterwards, was at one point, Mo had twisted him inside out and he had gone away from him and Danny just fell over and, and got a started kick. shouting and got a free kick from um, from the Johnny Moss who said, you know what, <laughs> okay, you need a break. Uh, so that's that's my Danny Rose story. Where were you going with this, Carl? Um, just because no, no one's mentioned this, there's just a wonderful moment for Roberto's second goal, where uh, I, sh- I should explain. I was I was right down the front, and um, so oh, we know we saw you, we saw yes, you on TV. Television star callback, yes. I've um, television star callback. Well, well, I've just seen Roberto score a, score a goal. <laughs> well, this was a very goal, uh, and uh, I mean that that close. That literally, I was so close, I could see Mo's foot. Fa- Face change from joy to bet to the bit where he realised that he better do a a proper smoke celebration, which I was all for. Uh, and um, there was a bit where yeah, so Roberto's going through. If you remember the second goal was where Ben Foster parries out a shot, uh, and Roberto comes in and just knocks it in. Uh, um, Danny Rose turns to the linesman as if to say, "Any chance?" And 
And when Rami just went, well, well, I, I've literally no idea what he's claiming for. Now, I looked later on, it looked like, like Salah might have been offside for that, but of course he's not Offside, I think, maybe, yeah. Yeah, but, he, yeah. but he's at least 10 yards way behind the play. At that point. He's, he's no way know, he's distracting anyone. But I just love the sheer desperation of just Danny Rose just sort of going like, yeah, but um, I've got to shout for it. You can just see it in his face. It's just, oh, we're getting battered here, aren't we? It was just, uh, and, and this led, um, we were talking about this, and actually we talked about Mo Salah for about a half an hour in the pub after the game, and then we did a solid 15 minutes on Danny Rose about how, <laughs> how he's wrong, because he, he's had a really weird career, like remember he wouldn't go to Newcastle because it was a step below him. I mean, the man's got back fat. I mean, that, that, was, the, that was the frightening thing for me, <laughs> for a footballer, and obviously I can talk, I know, but it's... Um, uh, it, it was just, it was just like a, a, a lot of little things like that in the match, which I'm so you know I'll always remember like you know um, um, Roberto's hat trick, Sadio's a hundredth, one of the best goals I've ever seen, literally happening ten yards in front of me. And um, but Danny Rose will live with me to this day. I love watching, I love watching players who are just on the way out. Speaking of someone who suffered immensely, you had a quote uh, in a tweet, and I meant to save it or ask you at the time, but I was I was working. Uh, I saw you put a tweet out and it was along the lines of basically what you want from a game, the best thing that the opposition can hope for is mercy. Does that sound familiar? What, it was something like that. What, yeah. what's, what was the quote? Uh, the bet, all that Watford, Watford could hope for was mercy. Yeah, yeah. And and that I, that comes from somewhere, right? That is... That... <sighs> Sorry, Trev. I'm afraid that's pure Copac. Oh, God. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it during the match. I thought, well, I'm having that. I like it's probably that. a quote from one of his books. It's yeah. Oh, oh, hang on. Books? books? You mean <laughs> books? What's this you say about books? <laughs> I've uh, heard. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Actually, they did get mercy. You know that. There was yeah, only one uh, injury time at the end of the match. Yes. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, he did blow it up. But then Johnny Johnny Moss was probably getting very tired at that stage. He's carrying a lot of himself around. Um, Johnny Moss was level with Danny Rose in sprints come the end of the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they are. They are. They are. Yeah, Trev. Uh, I just wanted to quickly add two things back. Uh, I know we're, I'm j- jumping back, but did you see Sadio when he, he scored the goal? Did you see what he screamed at Mo? No, what, I couldn't make that out. What was he saying? Thank you, King. No way. Oh, Wait, no, read no, his no, lips. No. Thank you, King. King of Egypt. He's oh, the king. I love that. Everybody knows it. So everybody at the club knows Mo is the king. Pay the man the king's ransom. Pay the man the contract well, he deserves. Because we're not going to get another Mo Salah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Lisa Marie. Whatever he wants, just give give the man the money because I mean, you know, he's he's so central to us. Where was it you wanted to take it? Where was it you wanted to take us, Lisa Marie, in terms of a football uh, focus? I, you know, I didn't really have anything specific. The only thing I wanted to say is I spent most of the match on Saturday saying, "Please don't hurt Nabby. Please don't break Nabby. Please don't hurt Nabby." And he made it through. Yeah. So, yay. Yeah. He, he made it. He, he made it. He made it through with flying colours, and you. May, this means you may have some sort of magical powers. Uh, so we may need you to keep doing that because he 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 was absolutely vital to us, and it 
it made a massive difference because when you've got you've got the other two lads that that can sometimes be an issue in terms of of, of cover and tracking of runs, but he did a huge amount of work and you know credit where it's due. An awful lot of people raise eyebrows about him still, not sure about him still, but you know he's put in a lot of really good, I think, kind of under the radar. Uh, work, you know, a lot of pressing, a lot of closing down, a lot of interceptions. Um, not so much of the flashy stuff, but once he's doing that other stuff, I'm really, really happy. I'm, you, I, I assume you were thinking the same as you as you were um, saying your, your your prayers for him. Yes, and you know, and it was a little bit in like with Jeannie, where you kind of forgot he was on the pitch. I mean. And, you know, I mean, not that, not because he wasn't doing things, but because I guess because he wasn't doing anything wrong. And it was like, I kept having to go, oh, wait, yeah, that's Nabby. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, but it was just, I just, I just fingers crossed and, you know, that this is the beginning of, you know, we can keep him fit and keep him healthy and, and see him involved on a regular basis because, you know, as much as he's had such a back and forth and in and out, you know, journey with this team, when he comes in, he does a job and does it well. And, you know, long may that continue. There was a time when all I wanted to see was Fab, uh, Ginny and Nabi play together just to see what that would be like. And it happened so rarely, you know, it was a picture in one of the first games when Naby signed and it just really stopped happening then after that. And then what I really want to see now, because I'm really, really interested in the in the dynamic that they would have, is to see Fab holding and Naby and Tiago as yes. the eighth ahead of him. Yes. I mean, I really, I really, really just want to see what that is, uh, to see what that's like. Uh, you know, and again, I'm saying this with absolute credit where it's due to, to Jordan, who did a great job in the six, I thought, um, at the weekend. But I just really want to see those three players together. It's, it's, it's something that, that excites me uh, to think about it, I have to say. Enjoying this podcast? Then why not supercharge your support for the Reds with Anfield Index Pro? With around 30 premium podcasts every month, AI Pro offers the very best reviews, reaction and debate on all things LFC. From the acclaimed statistics and deep dive analytics found in our Under Pressure podcast to the transfer links, scouting reports and fast live reaction shows we record after every match, AI Pro is home to our very best content. With regular appearances by Reds legends like Jan Molby and Sir Kenny Dalgleish, plus insight from journalists, sports scientists, coaches and psychologists, we'll help bring you closer to the club you love. There's never been a better time to take AI Pro for a test drive Available on all popular podcast platforms with free apps for iOS and Android. You can try it absolutely free with no strings attached. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com to start your seven-day free trial now. Look, we have a game against Manx that we should focus on for a little while. But before that, I did want to touch off the topic of football books. And there is a reason for that. And it's purely naked self-interest because... We do have a show which we're starting, myself and Dave, called On the Books, which is us looking at um, a series of football books. We're going to do 10 in series one, season one. And if you're not listening, if you haven't heard um, about this um, because you're not an AI Pro subscriber, then do keep an eye out because we're going to be putting out a couple of them free and the preview is out there and it's already free. 
So do have a look out for On The Books. I wanted to give that little plug because it's something I'm excited about doing, a kind of crossover between um, my literary interests and my sporting interests. And uh, it, it's always good fun chatting to Dave about whatever. So that's that coming up. And of course... I did want to ask the question, knowing full well uh, what I might, I'm going to get at least from one person as an answer. But I did want to ask the question if people had a favourite football book, because that is absolutely what we're looking for, for suggestions for Series 2, um, for books to do for Series 2. Se- series 1 is boxed off. We've got 10 that we've picked. They're kind of crowd pleasers, I think. Um, but after that, we want to leave it open. We want to get suggestions. And I thought I'd start with my pod mates here. So if you have a football book recommendation, I would love to hear it. Roy of the Rover Animals. <sighs> Copa, you know, you know, you know, Cam, the shitty, the shitty thing is, Cam, I have three Roy of the Rovers annuals on my, on my shelf. Uh, but I mean, and I'd love to, I'd love nothing more than to talk about <laughs> Billy's boots and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, save his hands and soccer. I mean, like I could speak all night about Roy of the Rovers. Don't get me wrong, but, um, and maybe I, you know what, man, actually, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do a show on, on, on Roy of the Rovers just because you said it. Uh, if you do have, if you do have a more traditional football book that you'd like to mention, okay. I'm gonna, I'll come back to you. Uh, well, I've only read two football books in my life, so. Well, then give us one to two. Well, actually, maybe it might be three. Actually, um, definitely two. I've read the um, I've read uh, Robbie Fowler's autobiography, Carragher's autobiography. And I'm pretty sure I've read uh, Stephen Gerrard. I think he's done two, hasn't he? I think I read his first one. Okay. Okay. And. They were all pretty much. I mean, I won't say bland, but there wasn't exactly much by way of insight in any of the, in, in in those, was there? Like, I mean, they were quite the safe thing, books. Yeah, I mean, because at the end of the day, they're all thinking bigger things, aren't they? Well, they, they were all st- to, they were all still playing. They wanted to get they? coaching or media or stuff yeah. like that. Was, I, yeah. I, I, I think they were all still playing when the books came out, which is, you know, a bit Possibly. weird in and of itself. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, so, so, and I think an awful lot of people will be able to relate because they probably will have read those at some stage. Lisa Marie, are you a football book reader? And if so, have you got a recommendation for others? Well, thus far, I have only read one football book. Um, oh, and it's Andy. Andy Robertson's book only. that he wrote last year. <laughs> it was gifted to me. <laughs> And it was fun. I mean, it was, you know, it obviously wasn't any deep insight, but it was, you know, there were some tidbits in there. It was, it was amusing. Yeah. It was enjoyable. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it was like Robo himself, you know, just, yeah. you know, entertaining. Exactly. <laughs> so I am looking I forward to, say... to your podcast so that, you know, I yeah, can well, get some recommendations. You get some recommendations or do you know, do you know how the show will also work? I'll be honest about this. When I was in college, um, we we had a professor. Uh, his name was. Um, I'll change his name. I'll say he, his name was Tommy Lynch. It was Tommy, but Lynch wasn't his second name. And we sussed pretty early that this dude was a complete bullshitter, and he had quite a lot of a little bit of knowledge about quite a lot of subjects. So he had something to say on everything, but he had no profound insight on anything. And we used to call that Tommy Lynch knowledge. So it was the kind of pub bore 
expert, pub expert sort of stuff that you could just quote a factor to. And what I like about shows like this is that it gives you that pub bore factor too that you can say <laughs> and pass it off as if you've actually read the book. And I mean, I'm not going to discourage people from doing that. So do keep in mind that that's an advantage of it as well. Carl, I mean, I've been trying to think. We've had a lot of chat about football books over the years. I mean, there must be at least one that you can think of that you would like to recommend to people. It's tricky, isn't it? Um, nothing comes to mind, Trev. No. <laughs> it really doesn't. No. Um, apart from, you know, the, the, the major critically acclaimed work I worked on myself, um, containing a chapter by one Trevor Downey. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a pretty good book. That we're everywhere. Or by Carl Kopak and Sashin the Karani. Not know that is a belter. Yeah, that's very very Stare, good. Stare it. Um, do, 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 do you want bad books as well as good books? Well, we've we've done the ultimate bad book on this show in in terms of of the Steve Bruce episodes. Um, but give me a, give me currently, a re- currently two hundred and fifty pounds on eBay. I've just checked. So have I. Strike strike. So have I because two hundred and fifty quid. But I want it so badly. We actually put out at the end of the podcast. We put out a call. Please, if anyone has this, I I, lo- I checked my local library. Of course, they don't have it. But if, if anyone, I'm saying it again on this show. If anybody has that, please contact us. If you can organize sending to us, we'll pay for it and we'll I'll pay you a little fee and send it back to you because I really, really, really want to cover it for the show in season two. And Carl, by the way, all bullshit aside, um, when we're kind of studiously avoiding Liverpool books in season one, but I absolutely will be covering uh, wherever else at, at at some point in on the in the show's uh, in the show's run for sure. Just so you do know that, as I'm not being disingenuous about it, um, because. What I like the most, the best thing about that is 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 the multitude of voices and what yeah. that says and yeah. all of that kind of thing. I'm, it's, I'm, um, I'm not in it entirely. Um, I'd do a good book and a bad book. I'd say good. Um, it's a personal thing because it changed my life. It's um, Ray of Hope by Dr. Andrew Lee's about Ray Kennedy and about his Parkinson's disease. That's the greatest football book I've ever written. And that got me into a, a strange world, which I'm still um, um, embroiled in. And um, I'd say the worst football book I've ever read, read is Dietmar Hamann's autobiography. Oh, okay. Now, mm. this is good. It's, it's going to be by the numbers, I assume. What, what, what was so off-putting about it? Is it because Didi comes off as what he seems to be, which is a little bit of a cricket-loving Tory? I could be wrong. Um, he refers to himself as Kaiser through the book. He uses the word banter. No. Seven, yep. He, he uses the term um, banter seven times in the first 11 pages. And he ends the book a bit with his theories about why the 2011 London riots took place. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I gotta, I've got to say, I'm immediately intrigued. <laughs> if, if any listening can just... then it's Amazon going on in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> this is tremendous stuff. I guarantee you. I guarantee you, Didi Man's Twitter account has been locked. Uh, there's no two ways about that. I guarantee you he's got strong thoughts uh, on both topics like masking and lockdowns. Like I, I would, I would, I would imagine he has very strong, very strong suggestions on both. Um, we need to move it on and keep the show going and, and, and keep an eye on the clock. And we are on just north of three quarters of an hour. So we should finish out 
with uh, a few minutes on the Mank game, which is coming up. And this one snuck up on me, I'll be honest with you, folks. It snuck right up on me. Um, I, you know the way you're kind of keeping an eye, but the the, the, the the international fortnight threw me a little bit, and I was just keeping an eye on the other two big games that we've got. And I think we've got like four away games in a row, uh, the last of them being uh, the game in Old Trafford. Um, at the weekend, I think it's a Sunday game. I think it's the half-four kickoff. Um, and the last couple of runouts for United, I think they play Atalanta in the Champions League um, on, I'm not sure what day they play, uh, whether it's Tuesday or Wednesday. Wednesday they play. Um, we're on tomorrow night, right? I'm right in saying that? Yes. I think we're the only kickoff tomorrow, aren't we? Yeah. But Jesus, really? I think Five so, o'clock? Yeah. Five oh, shit, or six o'clock whenever the game starts, yeah. Oh, man, are you serious? No, no, it's okay. It's seven, it's seven, it's seven. Oh, no, it's seven, eight. It? It's, eight, it's eight o'clock. Yeah, it's eight o'clock. You three. Oh, right. yeah. I saw something that said five o'clock. The, the Europa League games are going to be mistimed as well, which is a weird one. Oh, they start tomorrow night as well, don't they? Yeah. They're doing that over three days, aren't they? Yeah. Sorry, well, Chris. Sorry, I apologise. I, I, I saw something and I, and I thought five o'clock. I thought that was really hard. So I, I I misread it. I apologize. Oh, that's okay. No, I'm I'm glad. Just I I, I was going to be banging in trouble there. So yeah, they play Atalanta on Wednesday night, which is obviously a night after us. Um, they have been on the receiving end of a four-two uh, beating from Leicester at the weekend. I didn't watch any football, any other lads' football at all, so I don't know what that went like or if that was a well-deserved beating. But I saw all the. Um, as was. as Kaiser would say, I saw all the banter uh, about it afterwards, uh, and Ollie and Wheels and stuff. Um, the game before that, they drew one each with Everton. They had a two-one win over Villarreal. They lost one-nil to Aston Villa before that, and in the EFL Cup before that, they lost one-nil to West Ham. Uh, their run before that not so bad, except. They got beaten by young boys of Burn in the uh, Champions League. There are issues. Let's just say that. They're not quite as, as spectacular as they would like to be. They're currently in sixth position on 14 points. But, you know, um, again, I'm just wary of being too, leaning into the banter too heavily. I'll tell you that. I, would, I certainly wouldn't do that. This game is such a potential for one-off sort of weirdness. Uh, I think it still has that, but something wonderful has happened over the last few seasons. And, 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 and take last season out of the equation, or at least a blip in the middle of it. At the start of it, we were very good and sort of boringly reliable. At the end of it, we were splendid. Then there was that horrible bit that derailed the whole campaign in the middle. And with the exception of that little period of time, when there are a lot of mitigating circumstances, that we're being honest, I've always gone in every game thinking we're going to win we're going to beat these there is nobody that I'm afraid of uh, with this particular group of Liverpool players and especially considering the form some of them are in I'm kind of leaning back towards that again and even though it is United and I never look forward to this game we've spoken endlessly on this show about how we have mixed feelings about it but my feeling is a little bit more upbeat you know maybe it's just the fact that Lisa Marie's on the show and she's been filling us with happiness right from the start I'm not sure but I do feel positive um, so as I'm looking forward to it I'm, I'm just anxious to get your feelings what are the overwhelming sort of feelings you have going into it so I'll go Cam, Lisa Marie and then Carl so on that Cam Looking ahead to this one, man. Optimism levels? 
as usual, it's the the game I hate the most. Um, uh, I just, you know, it's the game I look forward to the most, but it's the game I hate the most. Um, we generally have not had a good record at Old Trafford. Um, we tend to struggle there. Um, you know, again, you know, I've got my Liverpool specs on. You know, we we're always playing against not eleven, not twelve. At fourteen, um, because obviously the the linesmen are against us as well. That's how it always feels to me whenever we go there. They and always get, as well, yeah, Stockton Park and, or wherever, yeah, yeah. And then they just they just get jammy against us as well. You know, we 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 would we we'll, or we don't turn up against them. You know, a couple of times Jurgen just got it wrong there, but. It's like you say that something feels different this season, and um, we are playing in such a controlled way at the moment. Um, we're playing, you know, it, we've we've got steel. We're not conceding chances so much, you know. Obviously, yeah, Brentford aside, City aside, you know, we're not conceding chances. We're we're scoring for fun, and then when you look at United, for me, there's two factors for United why they're not doing as well as they should be. One is they are a, a quality central defensive midfielder away from having a really good starting eleven. Um, I think they've they've got the bones there, they've got everything there apart from a. You know, a Fabinho, a Fernandinho, a Kante, a Tealmans, uh, you name it. You know, uh, uh, the the lad from Brighton even would have would have been better. Is it Basuma? Basuma? Basuma. Um, Eve Basuma. Yeah. Basuma. Yeah, he would have been a great addition for him. I feel. And the other one is the manager. The manager is quite simply he's not up to it. You just just look at his record. He. When he was at, um when he was at Cardiff, he got them relegated. Then he nearly got them relegated from the championship. When he was at Mulder, they were second. And when he left, the new team, the new manager came in and took him top. The, the manager has, has got no quality. He's not of the quality to manage one of the biggest football teams in the world in Manchester United. I, I just why don't do you think he's there? Why, why do you think he, why, why do you think he's been kept there, man? Because I mean, he's been kept like, because he's a yes man. Yeah, it's as simple as that. He does as he's told. Um, he's. I mean, they've even said he doesn't tactically. He doesn't offer anything. It's done by um, the coaching staff. So that that that's their two issues. You, they can score goals for fun. That's not a problem. But they they can't set they can't set up well defensively. And we should capitalise on that. We need to go for the jugular. We need to do what Mo said on Saturday, is start fast. Don't make the same mistakes as um, as uh, what they did against City on uh, two weeks ago. We, we gave the initiative to City. We let them dictate and control the game. Um, and, and obviously our midfield was shocking that day. But um, yeah, it's it's one of those you can never go into it 100% confident that you're just going to go there and 
and smack the arse off them. You just couldn't, you know, there's always that little fear and little trepidation in the back of your mind thinking they can still do us because ultimately it's Man United, it's that Old Trafford, you know, the fans are going to try and do their bit, but they're not, they're not, um, they're not, they're not Liverpool fans at the end of the day, are they? So, um, it's just, does, does, can never, does it come down? I can never tell which does way it, to go. Does it come down for you? Um, to what it comes down to for me, right? We've established like, like my old man's mank. Uh, an awful lot of people I know are manks. Um, they were not gracious when they were winning, um, these people as a rule. Um, there are occasional decent ones, you know, um, but my it, it's the worst the worst team to lose to for me is Man United, um, and I think hundred percent that's uh, that I think that's now I think it might be different for Carl being from the city. Um, I think it might be different. I think I think there will be a lot of people from the city who would say, "Oh, anything but losing to Everton, please." And I tell I totally get that, but not being from the city for me the worst team to lose to is Man United. I've had so many horror shows uh, in the past. I think we're all a little bit scarred, but I, I don't think we warrant our fear and I don't think we warrant I think don't think our lads warrant our lack of trust in them. Um but I totally get the point you're making. And Lisa Marie again to lean into the kind of more recent fan angle for you, obviously there are more recent uh rivalries as well. Um and obviously City being the one that's predominated for your time. Um, so I wonder, again, does that kind of colour for you, which is the one that you want to win the most or not want to lose the most? I mean, when you look ahead to this Man United game of the weekend, is it all about please just don't let them beat us? Or is it is it more like, you know, for you, they're just, you know, they are what they have been for the time, the entirety of your time following, uh, which is pretty much a non-entity when it comes to actual league title challengers. Well, of course, I always want us to smash everyone. But, yeah, yeah man... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, up until probably last season, Man City was the match that, that made me more nervous than Man United. But once they, you know, started getting a little more traction to their to their team and, and everything. And, you know, all the talk last year, of course, about how they were going to win the league and, and everything else. Now I do. Now I just want to do them in. Um, I've y'all have converted me. So, <laughs> but I do, <laughs> but I do think, you know, what you're both saying is that is I think we're a little more up for it. Um, than than maybe we have been in the last couple of years. I also feel that it's like they haven't figured out, and of course, it's because the manager, they haven't figured out how to use all, all the the talent that they now have in that team. It's like they don't know how to fit them together and, you know, make it click and make it work. Um, you know, I guess they just stand Ronaldo in the box and, you know, pass it to him, let him flick it in. But it, and ugh, I'm so tired of hearing his name. I haven't watched them really at all this season because I just can't stand to hear everybody fawning over Cristiano Ronaldo. So. I you know I don't know. Uh, I, I, it's it's a it's a more than fair point. Um, and I think it's one that an awful lot of people share. And I'm constantly bowled over and baffled by the amount of sort of cognitive dissonance 
that goes on around Ronaldo. Uh, it does. It just genuinely find it shocking. People just talk about him as a footballer only, and um, I don't know. I find it very strange. But leaving that to one side, because it's 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 a it's a kind of a um, um, a deeper conversation in and of itself. Uh, the point that you make about about us being up for it, yeah. And then as I was listening to what you were saying and um, the idea of them <laughs> passing the ball and him flicking it home from a half a yard. I just had flash forward to listen to Martin Tyler talking about this. That's going to be painful. I may have to listen to this with the volume off because they are going to be Sky Coast Sports are going to be so excited for Manchester United winning um, that I really, really hope, uh, Carl, that you've managed to get yourself a ticket for 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 Old Trafford, have you? Because you don't want to be listening to this. No, I haven't got a ticket yet, uh, and um, <laughs> it's typical. I've been to every away game apart from this one. Um, it's uh, it's tricky this because for a start Cam's absolutely right there is not there, there, there is no you, they could be the worst team in the world by a mile with you know the most unfortunate record going into everything and they're still capable of beating us because they do because basically you, you don't argue with the devil um, and you know we, we've been called the devil's club but it's, it's you know even when they were terrible they still beat us and we were brilliant they still beat us so you can't do it that but my god they're having a go they're having a go at being the worst side of it. And I think what's going to be interesting is just to see who they play in the middle more than anything else because they, they've got some sort of um, issue with, um, with, with you know, uh, who's, who's the player. Are they going to play Fernandez and Ronaldo? Are they going to play Matic in the middle? Are they going to play Pogba with McTominay, who's been injured? Um, it's going to be a, a full Old Trafford. And, but, but the thing is, Liverpool are brilliant. And, and that's... That's the one thing that sort of keep me going. Liverpool are absolutely brilliant, and um, they're really not. They they were really bad on Saturday. I, I, I had the game on coming back from the match, and um, that, I don't know if the, the pundit they had on him, but he said I'm, I've said I'm a defender, and my God, it's, it's the basics they're getting wrong. It's the pure basics, you know, knocking it across the box with Jamie Vardy standing there next to you. It's just yeah, that it's but. Well, there's that brilliant clip, isn't there, of um, of, of poor old Slabhead getting made to look absolutely ridiculous yeah. on the concession of one of well, them. Well, at least he was dancing on his feet, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, I thought yeah. he was injured. I didn't think he was even going to play because they were well, making yeah, yeah, out yeah, all yeah. their big sob story about how they had their two big centre backs out. I was like, well, what? there's going to be Whatever. a bit of it, isn't it? Because I mean, how many how many times was Wayne Rooney injured before for a Liverpool United match, and how many times did he make it? So you know, there's always a bit of that going on. Um, you know, because that, that's part of the job, isn't it, with all this stuff? But uh, it's just <sighs> never say that. Ne- never say we're going to batter them because you just never know. And last year, by the way, which you know what they're talking about, we battered them. We yeah. genuinely battered Man United. We really did. Uh, yeah. And um, and they led. You know, and um, <sighs> I'm not falling for it. But this is this is this is veering. Veering as close as I've ever heard you veer to to uh, uh, not embracing your no runners policy. No, I'm not, no, we're going to batter them. Of course we are. But um, <laughs> that, 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 that's part of the deal. But um, but um, what I'm saying is I'm not falling for that. Oh, you know they're so bad now. This is when we absolutely batter them. No, absolutely. Yeah, that's, I've, that's I've, clear. I've, I've seen that film before. As someone said yeah. on Twitter before, <laughs> not falling for that. Yeah, that's well, I don't think I'm going to be able to watch it live because of the time and other things I have going on Sunday morning. So the question for me is, 
can I be strong and not be checking what's going on and wait and watch it not on a the chance. delay? Not you know, a without chance. Being, I know, right? <laughs> Not a chance. It's just, it's just too big of a game to, to, it's just too, I, I, I've been in that situation once before in my life. And it was, I thought I was going to be like that old British TV show with the likely lads, that episode. I thought it was going to be like that. I thought I was going to get all the way through and not, not get the result and sit down. And, and no, no, there's something about, especially now we're so designed towards getting the answers immediately because it's there in your phone if you really want it uh, i just i don't i don't think you have a blind bit of chance uh of doing that i uh, i well i have done it before not not for this match no. i don't think but i have for other matches where i've you know i've basically i refer to it as media blackout and and yeah, don't watch but but i this is going to be a hard one this is going to yeah. be a hard one well, how how long are you talking about before you'll be able to get to it? Like, oh, I'll be able to watch it later in the day. Okay, but. okay, yeah. Well, maybe that's doable. Maybe that's doable for a few hours. Yeah. Well, I I I I, I promise you, we'll 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 go we'll go dark on the Twitter. Uh, so. <laughs> well, that's it. I don't even check Twitter. I don't check. Oh, you can't. I, I can't. Yeah. There's oh. no way. So yeah, I, my phone is at, during that point in time is just to you know make emergency calls a good policy is never to follow a match on twitter uh, i have had to do it uh because it was the only source and the most up-to-date live source that i could right. get but my god people can really bring you down and then they say the most awful things and then it turns out their stream is on a delay and it's a, it's a horror show so i don't <laughs> recommend it for anyone um we should start wrapping it up folks and um to do that as usual we just let people if they have any final thoughts on anything doesn't have to be quotes just can be anything you want uh, and i'll go around you all on that i usually finish with you carl let's start with you this week anything you want to wrap up with this, this very night the um my, the new sherlock is out by which i mean my podcast uh and um uh with, with a friend of mine it's been a bit of a strange one actually we've actually gone with a non-sherlock fan who's going to review a story called the um, the Rygate Squires. Uh, it's my friend Hannah Brandridge, who I've known since she was literally four days old. And um, she's not a Sherlockian, but she's an English student, so we wanted to get her take on the story. So we're really happy with that. So that's coming out soon. That's a nice idea. I think that could work really well as a dynamic. And it links in with the thing that I want to leave folks with, is that my pal Pooley is doing a show and has been doing a show and he's had great success with he's had a lot of great interactions and he's got an expo exposure to an awful lot of people who actually big into the music and genuine fans um contacting him and it's his deaf leopard tribute podcast called deaf lep pod and it is you know in one of those niche categories but i'm just so happy for him because it's going so well he does a beautiful job with it. i mean like he was asking me for tips about editing and microphones and all like that. The guy just, he just nails it. It's beautiful. The way, the way he inter, interweaves the music into the podcast, his narrative thread, Pooley's a, a great writer anyway. So I'm really, really delighted for him. It's a wonderful piece of work that he's done. And he's been kind enough to ask me on, and this is what, 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 what your, your point sort of suggests to me. Um, I'm not a Def Leppard fan. 
by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I do have a lot of Def Leppard memories and Def Leppard stories, and they were a big part of the music scene when I was starting to know what music was. So as a result, he's given me a playlist. I'm going to see which ones I remember. We're going to talk about various songs. And, and he thinks that might be a way of approaching the show too. So hopefully that'll work out in the same way that your show with Hannah does, uh, uh, Carl. Um, what about you, Lisa Marie? Any last sign off thoughts or anything you want to plug well once again i would like to just thank you all for inviting me to join you today it's once again been a good times <laughs> to, to uh to be part of the group here I've, I've really been i've been enjoying this and and thank you to everybody for some kind words that reached out to me after i was on the last podcast so yes i saw that very nice <laughs> So, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing really. Um, I'm just going to continue to enjoy the, the lovely fall weather here in, in Middle Tennessee. And maybe one day I'll have something to plug. Yeah, well, there we go. Uh, we look forward to we look forward to you being um, being Kapaki in, in your uh, in your urgency to get your, your plugs in. Um, and yeah, thanks for reminding us that you are in a lovely climate at the moment for a yeah. place. Yeah. Hey, this is like generally we don't really get autumn we go from summer to winter so our autumn yeah. is about you know two maybe three weeks so you know i'm, I'm just reveling in that time right now so yeah 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 you, you just you just go ahead and enjoy it don't mind us uh, yeah. what about you what about you to finish off with cam any final thoughts or anything you want to uh, point people towards um this is going to be a little bit cryptic so the listeners are, are not really going to get this but hopefully those it is aimed at will fully oh, understand. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, everyone. Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> oh, guy, no, guy, not, guy, it's, guy it's are you ready? Are you ready to pull the plug, guy? Just in case, mate. Okay, just stand by with the no, no, just stand it, by it over the red one. It is quite serious, actually. Um, just want to say to to a couple of friends of mine um, who I see as uh, brothers, sisters, more than anything, more than anything else in the world. Um, just want to let you know um, I love you I'm there for you anything you need you know I'm, I'm here you've got my number just reach out and you know my heart is with you all at the moment in in these difficult times well, I hope they're listening man and I hope they appreciate they've got a good friend in you there and that's a nice um, positive way for us to end the show we will be back next week um with another uh show for you uh we'll have lots more to talk about at least two games probably will have been played in that intervening period and we will be back with more general um uh, happy chats about the reds and that so you've heard lisa marihanna and you've heard carl kopak you've heard cam branch guy drinkle's been working away in the background there i'm trev denny this was the anfield index podcast and we'll talk to you soon we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds 
and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.